Welcome to this new edition of the Visions and Tones podcast. In this episode, I speak to a friend of mine uh, who was part of the interracial relationships uh, episode, Trevor Dube, who's down in Cape Town. Trevor is a great leader that I've worked with for a number of years now. And he's a poet currently working with different international poets and they're trying to do a lot of um, creative content, um, um, which I'll put their bios or their link, you know, within the bio of this episode so that you can see their work and like their work. Trev is a great thinker and these days, even within this episode, he sort of take me through different spaces as we deconstruct, you know, towards his activism around same-sex relations, around climate change, and a little bit of pulling apart some cultish elements that he believes exist within the Christian faith. Um, but nonetheless, he's not definitely attacking. I, I wish for you to confront this engagement with more of an open mind um, attitude. And I look forward to also even hearing from you, your comments, your thoughts about this content within the grams. You can write back to um us at underscore visions underscore tones that's the insta handle at underscore visions underscore tones so thank you so much for choosing the visions and tones podcast and i hope that you enjoyed this episode even as tired as we're sounding because we're recording this through different time zones but i know that the content is thought-provoking enjoy great talking to you because today I want us to speak about, you know, deconstruction. I think from the beginning of times, ever since I've sort of known you, you've always been, you know, the one guy who's able to sort of push boundaries. Um, I don't know whether that's something that you were doing it intentional or that's something that you were even aware of it yourself. But I feel like um, you've been one of those great leaders who could push boundaries and, you know, which for certain people you might actually be categorized as a rebellious person or whatever the case, or a person who doesn't just respect protocol or whatever the case. Um, um, I mean, I thought of that myself. I don't know whether that's how you'd, you know, or where you would classify yourself in all the mouthful that I've already said. But I think um, for me, you've been like the great or the ideal person that I could have this conversation about deconstruction of faith. And I think at this particular moment, also you are in a, you know, process where you're still continuously deconstructing certain things within the faith and myself too, I'm deconstructing certain things, but I think, I think from our previous chat, I could pick up that you, you are to the extreme what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I think deconstructing would um, would be more appropriate for somebody who is still in the faith. So I think for me, um, it's more of a deconversion uh, concept. But but I'm still um, I'm still happy to engage in a, in a in a deconstruction conversation of as to the process uh, that I walked through uh, to getting to the place where I'm at. And um, yeah, so I, I don't think there's so much uh, that I still need to deconstruct at this point. It's more so that I'm I'm trying to understand and and see how um, an alternative could look like to um, a life without um, uh, the the church being. In this what what is the distinction between what you just said with deconstruction? Unless you 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 want me to go uh, a little bit and speak about deconstruction, then you can paint a picture for us about. 
your your concept because i feel like nonetheless it's still deconstruction but perhaps you can paint a clear picture because for me i mean there's been a great body of work about deconstruction that i've seen so far and i've been following so yeah. far and um you know the phrase or you know the concept deconstruction actually derives from a french um philosopher jacques Derrida and uh, according to Jacques Derrida he was actually um saying we need to come to the point where we sort of dismantle our excessive loyalty to any sort of idea and begin to learn you know the fact that um, truthfulness might actually be embedded in the opposite side which is not probably told or given to people and i mean within the body of works particularly on faith that speaks about deconstruction i feel like there's a bit of you know borrowing from derrida but there's also an element of you know a derrida missing within what we're talking about today um but let me just go then deep on what we're talking about today what for me deconstruction is and how it looks like so for instance um i mean deconstruction would look like um a revisionist kind of an approach where you look at what you've been given what you have been you know fed for quite a long time and you decide whether the things that you've been fed how truthful are they in the version and in you know in the in the in the level that you've sort of matured in life and um what you want to carry with you on the road what is it that it's no longer useful for your faith or things that you sort of believed in but you think that perhaps you know growing up they were very useful but now you've reached a certain level in your life where you feel like you no longer need these kind of tools you know um and and it makes me think for instance when you were living Joburg to Century City in Cape Town probably you've packed your bags and you discover that you know perhaps you have got a lot of luggage and with a lot of luggage you cannot maybe you know get full excess of a flight and then you have to start now taking out certain things and then now you you question yourself well, what is it that is not is least important for me for the journey that i can actually even access maybe on the other side then you begin to take out few things you know to say okay i don't need this pair of shoes i don't need this pack of roaches and rats i can get packs new packs of roaches and rats in cape town or whatever the case um so yeah. so so basically the undoing of certain things but i think also the undoing is not just left as a space that is void i feel like it is actually replaced with something new and 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 that something new might not necessarily be you know an action a practical action but it might be you know a, a certain level form of nothingness but nothingness with a form of consciousness to say i'm not acting on this um uh, and i'm very much conscious of it and i feel like it's a good thing to not act on this because it just doesn't make sense to me so for instance uh, the idea within the faith the idea of you know turning <laughs> the other cheek it's one of the things that i've sort of yeah. been thinking about recently and i'm like but how many pastors and leaders of the faith that I, i've i can say i've seen turning the other cheek and how truthful is this concept of turning the other cheek and is, is that really what we need to uh speak about or 
that's just um, a metaphor that we actually have to understand it as a metaphor than trying to literalize it. So that's like my understanding of, you know, deconstructing the fact that you now take the meat and you leave the bones. You decide which is the meat and you, you sort of leave the bones. And sometimes the bones might have to be replaced with something or it might be replaced with a complete nothingness. But nonetheless, you're no longer taking everything as just, you know, a perfect theory or a perfect kind of teaching. So so what's the distinction between what I just said and 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 the new phrase that you've given us? Okay. Um, I think I, I think I see them in as 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 different as different levels. So the, the, the deconstruction is is necessary while somebody is wrestling from the inside, um, and then, um, but then they c- come to a point where you're like, uh, now I don't, I don't see um, the value that um, I, because uh, I'm no longer wedded to those um, uh, principles or ideas, and then that's where it becomes uh, a, a conversion uh, because. You, you can't profess to be that person anymore or uh, kind of professing to be committed to one religion or the other um, or even to a, a super supernatural entity. So that's kind of the, the difference between what you're expressing as, uh, because I feel a sense of the deconstructing means that you still are taking something because you were talking about the skeleton, there's bones. So, so there's bones, meaning that you... You, you, you value what is there and, and maybe you're choosing uh, to use something and leave something else. So I think that's the main difference. It's just that once you get onto the other level, to the other side, you're not longer necessarily kind of looking for, for, for some value here uh, within uh, the religion itself, but you're, you're, you're thinking, okay, cool. I see what the religion was doing and possibly what I'm doing now is more so like uh, filling up the... Uh, the, the, I don't know if you can call it void, but it's like the religious aspect of of uh, of the human uh, craving, uh, which is does not necessarily need to be uh, uh, covered by me, at least in my thinking uh, for now. Uh, I haven't figured out that answer. I think that's the part where my wrestling is now, um, and um, and and. However, at the same time, uh, what's important for this conversation is to maybe um, deconstruct my journey towards getting to the place that I'm in, um, not so that some, some people can follow it. It won't be necessary for you to follow it. I think it's a, it's a very personal journey, like coming to Christ is a personal journey. I think even uh, kind of moving out of that journey is just as personal. Um, Another thing that I thought maybe would be necessary to... Just maybe before you, you, you get there, yeah. just remind me, can I ask about deconstruction. What's the, what's the concept you're talking about? Deconversion. Uh, deconversion. Yeah. All right, sorry, you can go on. Okay, yeah, I, I thought maybe as a, as a way to, to frame the conversation when whoever's listening, um, so they understand the person that they're speaking to. So I'm speaking firstly as your friend, <laughs> and secondly, uh, of course, yes, I, I have been uh, in faith for at least the last, um, I think we can safely say about 10 years or so. Um, and um, yeah, again, uh, for me, it's not a, a thing that I was brought up in. It's something that I, I kind of came to uh, uh, in, my, in my teenage 
in my teenage days and um and uh yeah and and from there on that's where this conversation is coming from and i am still uh, i'm not speaking as a as a specialist though i might uh, conjure up some of the specialist concepts uh, i'm an undergraduate studying cognition and communication so part of some of these things are very very important to to that journey of of the way I think and the way I think about thinking. And um, that was part of my, my journey of kind of disconstructing um, my belief. It was more deconversion. so uh, something. Did you mean deconstruction or you meant deconversion? No, 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 because, uh, no, no, because you want to center the conversation around deconstruction because the deconstruction was necessary, uh, but it, it, obviously it, I construct, deconstructed to a point that I ended up deconverting. Um, so I want us to think about it that way. Oh, we can talk about deconversion as well. We, we, um, I, I really don't mind putting the two, but from the point of deconstruction and deconversion, you con yeah. you're converting from what to what? Um, obviously, it could be from Christianity, but you're converting to what? And I think at some point you spoke about how within the deconversion concept, it's more of questioning from the outside than questioning from the inside. And I think at this particular moment, you still go to church. So which aspect of the church uh, or, or of the faith, particularly within the church, still works for you? And if it's a matter of there's still certain aspects that works for you, why do you think that what you're doing is deconversion than deconstruction? Because it seems as though certain elements of the faith still works for you. You still want to employ them, but it's just, it's not to the T. I, I don't understand why is it deconversion? Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's not, um, it's not uh, deconversion. So, so the reason why it's, it's, it's I, be, I believe it's deconversion, it's because, no, no, I, I think you, you might have mistaken our, our conversation. So mm -hmm. uh, I am not going. <laughs> um, however, uh, what I meant was um, I'm not opposed to other people going to HH, but uh, I am not uh, uh, going to church. Uh, I think it's been two years now. Um, For how so, long? And um, two years. So you never go to church at all at all? Not at all at all, yeah. You never visit. Uh, no, I, I, well, I haven't gone for the last two years, but I don't have an active <laughs> opposition to that. Um, so I think that's the most important thing. I, I don't have an active opposition to it. I just don't think it's valuable, um, uh, and I'm still trying to uh, uh, try and see the value uh, from the outside. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think part of the reason maybe. Yeah. Can we talk about seeing the value, seeing seeing it from the outside? How 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 are you seeing it from the outside? Is it a matter of going back to re-question things that you've learned, and looking at how useful are they to you? And and when you and if that's the case of questioning. Is it you questioning yourself or is it you questioning God and expecting him to reply to you in his spiritual level or you are engaging in this sort of constructive conversations with people who are within the faith themselves? Um, so currently it's much more, um, much more other people that are still within the faith because for myself, I have answered a lot of those questions for myself as an individual um, to to say that, okay, um, there was a, a, a utility for the time that you were part of the community, uh, but there's just been some some serious uh, changes in the way that I I, I think about things, um, which 
don't permit me to um, to continue, um, even to the to the point of continuing to see that value because it, it comes with uh, significant dangers, um, which I don't think for the price of what one gets from uh, the, the the belief structure, it's it's the, the the price is too is too high to pay for me. Um, yeah, as a as somebody like I I told you yesterday, it's it's more of um, I got through I got I got out of um, this through thinking just as I got into it by thinking. Um, uh, but it's 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 almost like the maturation of of, of my thinking capacity when I when I started um, uh, going into. Uh, the church community. Um, it was because I had I had a lot of questions and 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 I was lazy. <laughs> it's just <laughs> that's a combination. Um, I was lazy and I had a lot of questions and and um, and and uh, okay, this might offend other people, but nonetheless, um, I was I, I had a lot of questions and I was lazy, and and I found that um, Christianity allowed that kind of person to, to, I don't know, I don't know if the right word is flourish, but um, I found a place where my, the ignorance of not seeking to answer those questions was, was honored. Um, it was, it was, it was, it was celebrated. Like, uh, you're thinking about this? Yes, I'm thinking about that. Well, nobody knows. Yeah, amazing. Look at you, and you be, you continue to believe, even though you don't have any reason. And 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 those kind of things were 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 in that kind of space. I found. Where I thought to myself, okay, this is the best place I could ever be because I don't get to be challenged. Like the thoughts that I have don't get to be answered, but at the same time, I still get to um, know that there's somebody else who's taking care of all those things, uh, those unanswered questions that I have in my mind, and. Never one day did I get answered, um, and uh, part of my journey was also kind of digging my head into into the into the Bible. And I think for the last um, the last three years of meeting in the in the in the church community, I was I was reading the Bible ferociously um, to try and 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 um, and answer those questions because I, I mean the, the, I, I think I, it was it was past the opium level of um, of being just. Uh, drunk on the on the on the on the ignorance. Um, I, I wanted to now be able to kind of uh, tackle those questions. And for the last three years, uh, I literally read the Bible back to back, engaged with other people, was part of a community, learning community, actively um, leading even other people in their reading. And <laughs> out of it. Um, I came out with more questions than answers and so so convinced that those answers were not um, going to be found. Perhaps before in the, in the book, before we get into you know the what kind of questions exactly, what kind of answers did you get? If we ever going to get there, I'm just curious. With you know just certain few things, you said you came into the Christian faith with a whole lot of questions. And I'm wondering what kind of questions were you actually having? And then secondly, what was your understanding um, of, you know, the Christian faith before you came in? Because I think a whole lot of people make this very same mistake and a lot of people are still going to come and make the very same mistake thinking that, you know, when you come into the Christian faith, you're going to find 
with questions similar as you did, you're going to find the answers as either black or white, where else that yeah. is exactly not the case, you know, most of the times. And, you know, um, how did you understand Christianity to be? Because I think people are missing the fact that this, 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 this is a religion about faith. So, <laughs> most of the things in order for you to survive is more about faith. And sometimes you want to turn to the direction of evidence. You find faith to actually be the thing that carries you there. And I mean, this is also what explains, you know, the reason for so many people to end up using two different kinds of, you know, faiths where you find that people can even use in the context of, you know, Africa, and this is also part of the findings that I found on my that came out on my master's thesis. The fact that people can use even you know African traditional knowledge in defiance of you know your church norms, your contemporary church norms, and this is because the African traditional belief has a, is a religion that deals much more with tangible things. So 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 when you come to church, you find that you have to exercise faith. It doesn't have nothing much to do with tangible things, but you go into the African context as tangible things. It's either you've been given certain portions, you've got to burn something, or you're going to perform a certain ritual, which might be more meaningful to you. I mean, these things are things that still continues in the way that, you know, people misunderstand the Christian faith. So, if you can just take me through that, and I don't know if you might have even a bit of a pushback in a little bit of what I've just said so far, but what questions in particular were you asking, and what was your main understanding of what, you know, the Christian faith is all about, or the Christian religion is all about yeah so i think um I, yeah I, 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 from what you're saying is you um I, I i do understand and i i do think um that's why this this type of conversation has to be approached with such great caution because um uh, i don't i don't know um there's a there's a value to um to 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 things that one does not fully understand, um, even though, um, and, and they, they serve people in different ways. Uh, for me, uh, when I came in, um, so, so uh, I think uh, maybe just a background for, for, for some people. So in my, in my life, um, I just, my early childhood, there was a lot of pain and suffering and, and, um, uh, and, a lot of um, struggle and, and trauma and things like that. So when I came to um, to to religion, it um, I had a lot of questions about obviously suffering um, and, um, and and things like what like what makes a like what makes a person good um, uh, and and who am I and and, and what what. What is the world as 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 we live in it, and, and what is my purpose as well? So it's quite big questions that uh, even now I cannot necessarily kind of uh, pinpoint and give you a very comprehensive answer. But um, those were some of the questions that I felt like um, there was kind of a in uh, in the Christian religion there was very much um, plug and play um, type of um, responses to, to to those questions. It's like. Um, uh, it's 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 got a very uh, uh, robust um, kind of uh, system systematic way of, of answering uh, those questions, and and I, I had never encountered such an institution which which is so um, vexed in the in the in, in the language of 
of, of answering those questions in a, in a very uh, systematic way. What and, is and the systematic the, way? The, the, I, I don't know. The, the questions of meaning, questions of, of who you are, it, it, those questions are very deep questions and, and philosophical questions. But, and, but um, uh, what is your part in the world? It's already, it's, it's already, it's black and black. Everything, all those answers are there in, in, in religion. It, you don't, you don't have to wrestle with them. When you get there, you just plug and play, like I said, <laughs> which is what is easy. Suffering, easy. They've, they've figured it out. It's a mystery. Um, it's like, oh, it's a mystery. There's some good that was going to come out of it. It's God's plan. So um, the, those type of things, those are the things that I'm, I'm referring to. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and I would almost argue that um, earlier on, um, uh, I had I had uh, wrestled with it, with it um, in a much more um, I don't say constructive, but I think I, I did wrestle with it nonetheless. Uh, but um, so um, I'm wondering in, in terms the, of your church environment, I found uh, community as well, mm-hmm. which is or something that was different from from the past in in, in terms of um, being able to not only face those big questions. Uh, alone, uh, n- n- not that it uh, it may did any better, but um, it it did um, do something for the young me who was looking for, uh, who was very much in need of of, of community and and, uh, and and love and uh, and things like that. So uh, yeah, it's, it was not it was not all it was not all useless to to the to to the young me. Um, uh, and I don't think, even if I was to go back, I don't think it would be all useless, but, even, but now I'm much more conscious of the dangers that it also presents, uh, which is the difference really between now and then. Yeah, I mean, I love what you said earlier on, the fact that, you know, you touched on that growing up, your upbringing had a bit of pain here and there. And I think in most cases, you find that it's people who are going through pain. It's people who um, are disappointed. It's people who are dealing with certain levels of trauma who actually come to the point of deconstruction. I don't know whether it's, it will be the same even with the deconversion as, as, as that's a phrase that you sort of lean more towards. Um, but also yeah. at some point you speak about how the, you know, the questions of being who you are and what and how you find answers are sort of philosophical questions. Um, I mean, I believe in the project of deconstruction. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether okay. deconversion as yet is a phrase that I still have a better understanding of it. Perhaps maybe as, as, as we go with the conversation, it will become much more clearer to me. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so I, 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 I'm off, you know, the idea of deconstruction, but the, f- the thing is many people that I've seen also who try to deconstruct that I feel like they tend to get things wrong, but in my view again, so take note of the fact that I'm, my judgment of right or wrong is a subjective case and we can agree to disagree about it. Um, it's yeah. the fact that sometimes people would want to confront the issues of faith with more of, you know, while wearing a philosophical hat. And that brings about a lot of confusion because in the beginning, hence my question was, what did you understand about, about the, the religion in itself when you're coming there to ask for answers? And if you come wearing a philosophical hat and you're asking all the philosophical question, are you in the right space to find the correct answers? 
And I guess this is why you find that a lot of people, even within, you know, Christianity will be very critical of many people who are, you know, social scientists or people in the science field, basically, regardless of what form of science you're in. I don't, I don't know if you've heard of the critiques where people will say, yeah, it's this education of yours that now makes you just start questioning the existence of God, you know? Um, so I wonder whether you didn't really wear a philosophical head and ask philosophical question in a space that doesn't need um, a philosophical understanding, but it needs a faith-based form of understanding. Um, I think, I think personally, um, again, uh, for me, it was, you, you're right, I, 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 was, I was backing up the wrong tree, but the tree was there. <laughs> and, and to a certain extent, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that the tree was there. Um, the questions that I was asking, and, and, and I don't know, I, I, I always, I've always been a thinker uh, from a young age, and um, I, I think religion gave me something to... Um, uh, to now be able to to compare against um, uh, and and to even as I go about life now uh, something to to reference um, it, it's it's important for that but uh, I, I think yeah I think I, I was yeah I, I did come with philosophical questions I, I think I think to a certain extent um, religion or faith does. Um, does claim to have the answers, um, even though the answers are then uh, the problem is well not the problem but the uh, the way they reach to them is is only through by faith um, and and, uh, and and obvious uh, yeah for me that later on that became not good enough because obviously you can only keep yourself shut down for so long um, before you start again asking for questions with and looking for answers that can at least the, um, I don't know, uh, where, 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 where the final word is not, um, it's just, is that way. Uh, because I think for, for, for a lot of uh, Christ, Christian things, um, maybe let's this, this, this backtrack a bit in terms of uh, understanding how I did it. Um, uh, like I got to my deconstruction uh, uh, process. Uh, I, I firstly studied the word and then I started the word in relation to everything in the world, um, and and that's where that's where it 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 kind of uh, crumbled down under under the the other the other things around the world that are quite um, uh, literal. Uh, yeah, so I think those that that was the the point where. Maybe, like you said, my questions were philosophical, and perhaps I was looking for philosophical answers to 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 faith questions. And and if faith means that the the answer has to not necessarily require any form of robust thinking, um, and it, 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 we we end with it's sacred because it's sacred. Um, then of course, yeah, that's that's not going to satisfy somebody like myself. Mm -hmm. So I was always bound to fail from the day that I stepped into the into the building. Um, yeah, but yeah. But Look, for me, apart from the fact that you know, 
So this is to say, you know, regardless of whether it's you, Trevs, or whatnot, but even myself, I, I don't like being in a space where if you say something that is contrary to the popular belief within the Christian faith or whatever the case, therefore, you yeah. know, you'd be labeled in a certain way or whatnot. So, so I don't like also being <laughs> in a space where myself too, I cannot... Um, question certain things about our faith i mean that's a terrible thing and perhaps that's where we need to sort of go deeper on in terms of the question because i was um at some point i'm curious in understanding how did you study the word when you say you studied the word um and and at some point you spoke about you had to read the bible from back to back are you reading it as a form of a novel or whatnot and the kind of engagements that you're having with people are you saying to me that all the people that you were having conversations with in the church you were in or in the context that you were in, all of them were people who were not sort of appreciative of hardcore questions? There was nobody at all who could sort of say, I, I reason with you, I understand with you, but perhaps I could find somebody else who's more versed in terms of the biblical concept who can give you proper you know, answers than the knowledge that I might possess. Because at the same time, I understand that's what, that this is one of the things that actually hurts or harms a lot of people in the Christian faith. The fact that even if people do not have, you know, the answers, they actually, they would rather just formulate anything out of their head to sort of sound like some Christian Einsteins or whatnot. But the more they do this, the more they create sort of harm to certain people. I'm, I've got like a whole lot of views myself, even about, you know, Christianity things that I would be like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in this. I don't know if this is accurate or whatever the case. And I mean, one of the things that I once raised even in the Christian faith is the fact that if you look at the NIV, at some point, the NIV version of the Bible, you know, there's certain scriptures within the Gospels between Mark, John, Luke, and whatnot, certain verses which were actually omitted. And when I asked the question, why is that the case? And the response was that because, you know, um, the interpreters or the translators felt like those verses are not supposed to be there. And I was like, but I'm a researcher and there's no way that as the main author of the text, I can, you know, have an interpreter taking out certain phrases or certain concepts in my work without running by me. They can just give me certain um, advices or recommendations and I have to make a major decision from there than taking out everything for me. I still have like a whole lot of questions even about the reason why, you know, the um, Catholic Church does not actually even release a whole lot of the other books that are not included. I don't know if you are aware that there's certain Bibles that actually have, you know, extra and extra manuscripts after the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is actually not necessarily the last book. There's other books that comes after the book of Revelation and also the politics about how you know, the book of uh, Thomas is not included because of certain politics about, you know, how some of the teachers of the Lord and how some of the disciples understood Thomas post, you know, him asking, him being given the privilege to sort of see and touch the wounds in Jesus' hands or whatever the case. But I mean, all those are just yeah. mouthful kind of things. I'm interested in how then were you reading your own Bible? But at the same time, I agree with you, the fact that I, I myself, I don't want to find myself in a space where if then I begin to ask questions, therefore I could be labeled as, you know, 
uh, a rebellious person or just a problem maker. But again, the question is, it's not just about questioning what exactly am I asking? And in the responses that I'm being given, is there really nothing at all to hear and understand? Or I persist on acting as if there's nothing to understand? Because I think sometimes that the frustration comes with people claiming that they're not hearing or they're not understanding something where else they're just pushing a certain agenda, you know? Yeah. Hmm. I think uh, I, I, I when I when I when I read um, uh, when I read the Bible, I, st- I can still remember um, I, I, at this um, institution that I was in, uh, they they gave me an uh, opportunity uh, at the end of the first year to share my journey because I was I was this excited person who was. Um, reading and, and, and giving insight and, and all of that. And, I, and the, the, the one thing that I said was I had read so many books before and, and, um, and since, and, and for the first time, um, I was challenging myself to, to actually do something that I uh, act like I believed uh, because I, I had, uh, I mean, I was professing to be Christian and uh, yet uh, in the book I had read the list were, was, um, the Bible because I had never reread it. Uh, I had read it before, but I never reread it. But um, yet I would read um, many other novels back to back and reread them and and uh, and have fun with them. But um, I, I, <laughs> that was the first time where I actually thought, okay, cool. Let me engage with this book and and let me treat it like I say, uh, which is just literally to say, I'm, I'm going to engage this book and I'm going to take seriously the things that I profess, um, that, that I am a Christian, and meaning that each and every word that comes out of this book, I believe it to be true above everything else. Um, and I think that was the beginning of the trouble. Um, not, not that, uh, yeah, possibly. But uh, so, so, so I did encounter a lot of um, uh, questions in the book, and I would ask um, uh, questions which were, like you say, very, very much so uh, more philosophical in, in nature than, uh, than, than faith-based. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, and the questions, the answers to the, to the, to the questions were more so um, that um, God is, is mysterious um, for, for, for most of the things that were very much so unanswerable. Um, and, um, and, and, Obviously, and, and I was relating it to um, to other subjects that I, I had um, studied and read. So, um, kind of uh, the, the 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 spacing, uh, like like history. I am a student of history. I loved history, um, and I believe I was the best history student in South Africa in 2012. Um, 94 percent. Um, so anyway, nice. I, I, history. <laughs> yeah, history. I. I love history, and, and I, when I studied history uh, and, and kind of located the Bible in, in, in the very long history of the world um, uh, and, and started asking questions uh, uh, around um, where the, how, like, how, how can the Bible claim what it claims uh, in relation to many of these other texts that seem to have inspired uh, this book, which was written at this point of, in time in history. Um, and, and most of those questions were not answered. I mean, what there, kind there's, of a lot of, there's a lot of Greek reading? methodology that um, comes way before um, 
uh, before the, the Christian religion, uh, <laughs> where, where you can see, uh, like if you study it, you can see the trend line of, of kind of the adaptations of other stories and including the story of Christ, um, uh, like a, 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 somebody who's pure uh, being sacrificed for, for the for the for the people, for the rest of humanity, and top of that, um, in the Greek mythology, which is mythology, which is before um, uh, on a hist- historical uh, timeline, which is before the the, the Bible is written. So uh, some of those questions um, were not necessary, were not sufficiently answered, and they were they were defended more than answered or engaged. Because I mean, I'm, I was not hoping that they're going to be like, yeah, this is what uh, the people who wrote it um, uh, were inspired by, because um, the stories were useful. So they, they felt that they could inspire that and, and create something um, that could be helpful. Um, there was no conversation like that. So these are more questions of history. And then um, obviously, if you go anthropologically and you start to talk about maybe things that are related to, okay, do we believe that, okay, I mean, just the fact that evolution could possibly be possible, uh, well, I know it's, it's true, but uh, let's just say um, a Christian person does not believe that there is evolution, even though there are evolutionary processes that are happening every day. But um, just to think that there were no books and no other th- all of those other things, just on an anthropological uh, timeline as well, just to have those conversations of how can this could this have possibly happened and um, kind of paralleling it to what the Bible is saying. That was also a difficult conversation because um, it, I think um, it, 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 at the end of it, it seemed to me that the only way I needed to approach this um, was meant to be more like uh, reading a, a a general, a general study novel, uh, as opposed to how I wanted to take it. Um, I wanted to take it literal. I wanted to say, this is fact for fact, um, at least where it says it's fact. I know there is parts where they say it's metaphorical. Um, but I started to have a difficulty differentiating between where is it metaphoric, where is it reality, <laughs> where is it that I'm supposed to do the things that it says I should do, and where am I supposed to think, okay, cool, this is metaphoric. And, and why is it, it applicable it, it, to and, you and not applicable to you? Because there's exactly, certain scripts yes, and portions here. Mm, mm, mm. And then uh, obviously, yeah, there's, there's this part where, where, where um, it starts to become adapted to, to the world that we live in as we progress as humanity. It's like, okay, cool, maybe it's not nice. It's not uh, uh, the, the world has progressed uh, kind of, uh, socially um, to a point that that's where maybe sociologists come in like the, the world has progressed socially so some of these things that it said here we're not going to follow them because the world has progressed socially I mean we're, of course it's not going to say that it's going to say something they're, they're going to come up with other things that don't say okay <laughs> we no longer accept the practice of slavery women cannot be subjugated and all of these other things um, but we're going to say something like God is love and, and somehow spin the story and say now it's fine it's fine and then more and more uh, you do know the community I was part of uh, more and more it became there was that community I was studying with, which seemed to, to a certain extent, um, want to follow the, the, the word to a T, but yet at the application in the bigger, in the bigger church with the C, capital C, was more like, um, you know what we're going to do is, you come as you are, and <laughs> um, just kind of follow it wherever you can, um, and um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just, just keep on coming back. Uh, it, it was so watered down that it was almost like, why do we even, why do we even use it? Because, and you will have the so-called teachers who come and take things out of context day in, day out. And, and then you're still trying to take this seriously. It's almost as if the people that actually preach the thing, they, they kind of make you lose interest in it because they, they are so nonchalant about it. It's like, I, I wouldn't read a Jane Austen book the same way they read the Bible. <laughs> like, the, 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 the lack of seriousness and the lack of um, uh, context, the lack of um, re- reverence for, 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 for the text is, is just appalling. Um, and I think, yeah, I... I I, it has to be. I, don't know, I wonder whether I, you, know I, I wonder whether you have examples for us, Trevs, as to which kind of moments were they taken out of context, and how did you know that this was taking something out of context, and where were you drawing your sort of fact? If if what you're saying you consider it as a fact, then a potential just critique so if you if you have any examples for us because i'm thinking at the same time remember you 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 sort of presenting yourself as somebody who's not fully versed in terms of you know the bible and you were still trying to understand the bible but you're sounding very strong and confident that people were saying things out of context how did you know that there was not the right context or perhaps we should start from saying what what were those things because at the same time, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm sort of undermining your views. And I know there's so many things that are being said in church, but I, I don't know whether I could come up with so much confidence to say you're saying something out of context. Then I'd rather say, "Oh, I had a different perspective about it. I never knew that that could be, you know, the way of interpreting it. I thought that it could be a different form of yeah, yeah. You know, interpretation." I think. Uh, I, I think you've just hit the, the nail on the head there. The fact that um, everybody can just make it up uh, it, it, because it's your interpretation. I mean, um, that, that's, that's kind of the, 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 the thing that I'm talking about. It's like you take a practice which was done um, in, uh, in Israel at a specific time in a specific place, and, and you, you take that instance and you fast forward it to 2021 um, and then you, you apply it to whatever situations you feel, you feel fit um, because it, it, it needs to apply to as many people as possible. Um, and if you are in the situation, this is what this says to you. Maybe if you're in the situation and you're like, wow, <laughs> how is that? How, how is that? How, how did you make that connection? It's, it's, it's crazy, um, and and uh, there's a, there's a couple of things. It's 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 mainly um, a lot of practices. But uh, what I want you to go back to is 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 exactly what you said in terms of um, you will never be, you will not be confident um, to to say that somebody's um, interpretation is 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 wrong. For example, um, you would just say uh, it's somebody's interpretation, but. It, 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 of course, they, that means there's no level of, of, of accountability to, to anything because if I read the text and it tells me something um, and I so happen to have access to a microphone, um, 
I will speak to um, congregations of thousands of people and tell them, uh, this is my interpretation of it. And this is how you can apply it. Uh, and I can't be wrong because it's my interpretation. Uh, oh, man. I, I don't know. Not, Do you not have a problem with that? Not, not, that, not that I haven't seen or heard what you're saying. I, I've seen moments where, you know, I used to um, lead worship at some point and then you find that during worship, all of a sudden, a certain brother X that we know is always not so active during the church service, you know, they're closed up and whatnot. Then all of a sudden, Brother X is the most active person under the sun, you know, um, super active, raising their hands, dancing and everything. And then all of a sudden, then uh, there's, you know, they're asking, but anyone who's received a word from God, come and give. Um, come and share with us. Then you find that brother X will get there and hold the mic and say something like, God wants us to be free. Don't be stuck wherever you are. And what And for me, who's sort of used to lead worship and I'll be like, for X number of years, I've never seen you. I've never seen you active. And like today's the first time ever I've seen you active. So don't you think that's a personal revelation? Cause you've been like right there, like a real beautiful statue while everybody's been worshiping all along. And you want to take that revelation and you want to come and bring it to the church hands. That was particularly for you, you know? So, so I hear what you're saying and, and, you know, I agree with you, the fact that sometimes people use certain interpretation, but I'm curious, Trev's also understanding too, to what, don't you think at some point that in terms of your analysis and your critique, there might be the so-called downplaying of the anointing that rests on whoever is meant? Because one of the things we learned even within the Christian faith is that if anybody has been, you know, appointed to bring the word to this, it's not the pastor, you're appointed to bring the word today. There's that kind of belief that, you know, as we keep you in prayers, God will bring the revelation to you for the church, such that whatever you want to come and preach, it's not just going to be your own personal revelation being, you know, just shoved down people's throats in the church. And I'm wondering whether in what you're saying, isn't there sort of a downplaying of authority, a downplaying of, you know, the anointing that rests on leaders? Because at the same time, I'm a believer that, you know, the certain anointing that rests on, you know, people who necessarily spends so much time within the presence. And in the case, I'd love to believe that most people who are privileged to hold the mic are people who also even spend more, much time. Not to say I might not be privileged to hold the mic and therefore I'm far away from the anointing. I could still be there, but the fact that somebody has chosen today, we know that this is the channel, this is the verse that God is going to use for today in particular, therefore, the anointing is going to rest heavily on that particular person. Isn't there a downplaying of how the anointing works? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be very difficult for me to, to comment on, on, on anointing uh, because, again, uh, we're coming from a place where um, I've been, I'm, in a pro, I'm already decom Converted, so I firstly I, I I don't think there is such a thing. So um, it's more so that I understand that people. Um, are Sorry, I just want to get you there succinctly. Are you saying there's n there's no such a thing as anointing? Oh yeah, yeah. 
there's no such thing as an anointing. Again, uh, I think I will emphasize that I study cognition and communication. So for me, I know that uh, most of the, the things that we regard as anointing most probably will come from somebody's charismatic. Um, uh, I, I think I don't think there's there's been a research done, but it could it would be very interesting to actually um, study the people that we consider from a Christian perspective to be anointed. I have a an inkling that it, it might kind of uh, become traits that are, are almost predictable um, in terms of who would rise in the ranks of a, a, a Christian church, for, for example, um, and what who we would call um, uh, anointed based on, on just personality traits uh, of people that we, we, we kind of uh, glorify within a church context. Uh, so I think, I do think this, we, we do call people anointed when uh, yeah, there's certain things like they, they know the word, they spend time with God, and and all of those things that you mentioned. I I just don't think that's possible. I just think those are people that are very 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 um, talented communicators, and, and I think it, that that language has been started to come through um, even within the church um, in the last few years. We start to call people, uh, oh yeah, he's such a great community, he's the greatest communicator, and and they're, they're, just, they're, <laughs> they're just they're just great communicators. Um, and, and, and having studied the the cognition part of, of us as well, we are very drawn to those people, and 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 they are they are not any less corruptible. Um, and that, that is kind of maybe my answer to you is um, I, am, I am a leader in many places, in, including my work. Um, I, I'm very conscious of myself and, um, and I know that I'm corruptible. The more power I get, the more uh, I change uh, and the, the more I, I become uh, a different person. And uh, I have to be always keeping a tab on myself to say, Okay, cool. How, what is changing, and what is what? What, what am I not um, being aware of, and and how am I making mistakes? I can tell you, I have a conversation with myself every day where I ask myself, like, what error did you make today? And and uh, and and I have to be really true and honest to myself. I've never spent a day since I started that practice where I cannot find one thing that I made that was an error uh, that I need to work on. But uh, the, 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 the big problem that I have with the, 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 the anointed people and, and, and the, no, the no sort of um, structure to how uh, people interpret uh, uh, the, the sacred word is, is essentially that, uh, that you've got this one man who we call anointed and um, for, for, for specific reasons, I, I can already say there's uh, a, a psychopathic um, linkage to, 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 to the greatest leaders, um, at least from a, uh, the studies that have been done, um, not only exclusively in church. Uh, studies done by who? Uh, studies done by, by researchers around uh, leaders. I'll need to kind of look them up to actually quote them, but I, I think it's, it's really well, well established that um, like kind of leadership just kind of draws the type of person um, who is um, kind of, uh, <laughs> they already, they think way too much of themselves. I, I, will, I will maybe recommend the book um, that I just read, which is called Corruptible. Um, uh, part of the questions that they, they ask is, is, is that of, um, uh, I don't have the name, but just the book, you can look it up, it's called Corruptible. It, it speaks about, it, it, is it um, that uh, the leaders are, become psychopathic or, is, or do psychopathic people uh, kind of uh, make 
leaders or the, the, the kind of the relationship is kind of uh, two way. I don't think it's any better with, with, within religion, but the scary part within religion is that they are not questioned um, and, and they find a people who are, who will um, not question whatever they say, which is very, very dangerous because um, then those people are just given unduly power in a, in a very uh, unhealthy way for, for, for the community to, to a certain extent. That's my, my, my total reason of maybe not completely um, engaging in that because I don't want to find myself in a place where I'm holding so tight that I cannot be wrong. Um, and, and this is the problem with uh, people like that. It's like, uh, they can be wrong, but you are not allowed the opportunity to, to say, ah, oh, but you're wrong. Uh, it's like, hey, you are, this is person's authority is anointed. They're not wrong. You are wrong for thinking that they are wrong. <laughs> so it's like, um, it's a non-starter. So, um, and, and there's questions that you can't question. And I think this is the difference, the main big difference with uh, uh, just... Uh, uh, let's call it a secular life a secular life where you can question everything and you can hold on to things but you hold on with the option that I can be proven wrong because I can be wrong uh, but it's very scary within the, uh, the religious aspect you, you, there's things that cannot be wrong and there's things that cannot be questioned like, like the existence of God like you said well, like, why can't I ask that question uh, because it's, it's a very relevant question and if I'm going to believe something without any reason what am I setting myself up to believe in the future without reason? What, what's the risk in, in that type of belief? And am I setting up myself to kind of be non-skeptical about generally everything? Um, because already I'm, I'm, I'm practicing this, like how to believe things without reason uh, every day. Um, I don't know. That's, that's my problem that I have. Corruptible who gets power and how it changes us by Brian yes, Klaus. Yes. That's the book. Yeah. It looks, it looks mm-hmm. really fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like what you said in, you know, your last sort of dissect, dissection or whatever now, because what I'm getting is the fact that, and I think, I think we share similar sentiments in terms of how um, we problematize certain things today. And um particularly on the fact that maybe if I should start from what you said in terms of the anointing and, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, so for me, then the whole aspect of deconstruction wouldn't just be on the faith in itself alone, but it will also sometimes be okay. in the context of even the preaching I don't know if I'm making sense. So not just in the faith yeah. in itself, but also within the preaching where somebody will come and preach. Uh, on the anointing, you say something like, <laughs> you don't know whether there's even anything like that anymore. I mean, this is one thing that I sort of grappled with for quite a long time where I said, it seems as though today people are really sending God a please call me. Um, I no longer feel like that thing where I can say, you know what, this person is really gifted. This is really a call. It, it has sort of become 
they're very much trained to say this one is a like you said oh yeah one is a great communicator and that's exactly what you are a great communicator we already know that in your preaching and within the particular teaching there might not be any revelation that seemed to have like fallen from the blue while you're right there on stage but it seems like you've yeah. basically rehearsed the six points to the seven points to that very well at home and looked at yourself in the mirror and <laughs> works for certain people and doesn't work for certain people and yeah. I, I grappled a lot with that you know um well, i'm like oh this is more of a person who's learned than the person who's really anointed into this and i mean this goes even to the extent of people who lead worship where you can say uh this one you're a, a well taught person on how to hold a note or how to, how to hold a key, but the anointing that we perhaps might yeah. need, yeah, or is it not there? But sometimes then I tend to question myself, but <laughs> these people, they're not worshiping me, they're worshiping God. But at the same time, then I, start, I fall back to that critique again, that the fact that they're worshiping God, but here they are, they are leading me. So what's the purpose of a worship leader? If you lead as a worship leader and I don't feel like I'm led there, or what's the purpose, what's my role as a worship leader if I get on platform with the intent to lead people into the Holy of Holies, but I'm not taking them into the Holy of Holies, whatever the case. So I, I really feel you there, and I feel like we, we, we need to do sort of um, – a greater introspection about the people that we're standing in the front today. But again, Trevs, at the same time, there's this whole yeah. argument then about the fact that people who are being called, they're not responding at the same time. So what should happen? Should church close shop? And I mean, if you look at the Catholic church and the Anglican church these days, it's even getting worse. You know, the ministers there, most of them are, you know, old people. You know, the younger generation doesn't want to step up because the younger generation has also started to deconstruct the faith. They cannot be in a space where there's no sort of that kind of fun and a vibey worship where, you know, there's lights around, where there's uh, microphones around, all the different piece band around and whatnot. They cannot be in a very yeah. much stiff or boring place, whatever you might want to call it. So... I feel you there. Um, um, I feel you I there. That, uh, yeah. You know, the anointing and what's the way forward. I don't know. And, and, uh, and from a cognition perspective, I know that there's things me and you are talking about them. But if I step into a church, I will not help feel all those things that I, I, I felt at least for the last six years um, in, in, within, the church, within the church walls. Uh, it's not that I can go in there and now be like, uh, this is all not true. I, I cannot do that because these things are cognitively soothing. Um, and, 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 and there is value to, to the word um, because as much as uh, some of the, 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 the words and, and or, or phrases in the Bible are a little bit um, dangerous, um, there is parts of them that are extremely useful which we can take um, at a meta level, metaphoric level, um, and be able to apply it into directly into your life right now um, and find some, some good in it. Um, so, so, so if I was to go to a church today, I'm not going to be come out going, waste of my time. Uh, there was uh, nothing that I learned. I did not feel the cognitive soothing, which comes with uh, being in a space where we are all singing, joined two hands together, uh, uh, kind of 
chanting. Um, so, 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 so all of those things are, are, are things that are, are kind of, we are powerless to, 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 to not feel, even if we know that it's being just conjured up in, in our minds um, without any uh, supernatural entity uh, uh, coming into the picture. And I think it's useful. The question is, how do we continue um, the, the tradition if, if we have to? Um, because, uh, like you said, young people don't find it relevant to today's society. And yes, there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, and part of it is, is because the things that it's, it was not compatible to, and to a certain extent is still um, remaining. I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, society-wise they've had to catch up with and allow uh, people to do. And most, 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 um, in, in most cases, they have kind of allowed everything to happen, which uh, has they've been forced by the society, like the society changing uh, towards slavery, towards the way to treat women, just um, some things haven't changed, like uh, uh, the treatment towards people that have chosen to, to be gay or lesbian or, or any other questioning and the, the rest of it. All of those things are still not accepted. And for that reason, people, young people cannot survive in a place like that because they've found themselves living in a world where there's a friend. I have a friend who's like this. Why would this religion not want to do that because of somebody's chosen sexuality? It's what's going on. Like, why is this God like that? But uh, I mean, furthermore, uh, these we are we are living in a world where uh, also like we we we're not we 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 are kind of in a space of abundance, and 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 it's very difficult to trust in this very God who kind of is built for a world that is almost uh, for a striving world um, in a, in a, which is very has very limited um, access to, to, to things um, that's it's hard for young people to believe in a God who says uh, uh, we will ban you in the rest for the rest of your life in hell um, just for not believing in me it's like wow man that's that, that's that, wow why <laughs> just because i don't believe <laughs> and what about my friend who is hindi and and all the other billions of people it, it, it's very difficult to consolidate um those type of things uh, even though previously that type of a god was was necessary and brought about some cohesion now it's very very difficult to, for people to believe in in, in, in such an entity i'm anti-gay and i want to ban people if they don't follow me i don't know it sounds very yeah, but you, you, I mean that's a that's a bigger case where I mean I don't know how far we're gonna get in terms of debates in that particular um, topic, Trevs, because and and with no particular intention of sounding like a uh, um, all-knowing type of person or whatnot. I mean, for me, yeah. at some point, the way in which I looked at, you know, the church and also without downplaying the role of church um, in history, the fact that at some point we see church, you know, joining civil rights movement, we see church joining the anti-apartheid movement and doing quite great, um, tremendous contributions in bringing about the victories there. And therefore today we have to deal with a certain bunch also that says, we cannot accept people who are in same-sex practice, or we cannot accept people who are in this one, we cannot accept people who are in that. And perhaps for me, the issue might not necessarily be saying, we, you know, people who are like this and like that cannot be there. 
Um, only people like this should be there. But I'm, I mean, sometimes perhaps for me, it's more of the attitude, the attitude in which you, you used to say that. You get what I'm saying? And also the attitude in which you used to sort of create this clear distinction between someone who's heterosexual and somebody who's homosexual. How, you know, as a church, you can actually become more harsh to somebody who's homosexual. But someone who's heterosexual living in infidelity or having multiple partners or whatnot, then that kind of a scene, <laughs> inverted commas, that kind of, kind of a scene is sort of, you know, punished, but not in the harsh and a more, given more a disdain kind of an attitude, like how one who appears and say they're homosexual are. But that entire conversation for me has been creating sort of more of a dilemma for me <laughs> because I'm thinking, if, you know, a faith group, as far as they want to bring in Trev's about a change in the community, right? Um, I consider it almost as like a family, like your immediate family. So imagine in your house, your family, there's certain norms that are set forth by your parents and everybody's expected to abide by. Because the parents are sort of that kind of a depiction of authority, same way as when we get into church and you look at the pastor and you say the pastor is sort of a form of authority who sort of gets to hear from God, same way as how parents as form of authority at home also get to hear from God as to how to lead the flock being you know, the entire family. And I mean, also this kind of narratives might anger some of the feminist people who say, yeah, but who gives men this kind of authority to rule over a woman? Um, can we pack that kind of critique just over there for a little bit so that I can just cross over with what I want to say? And I'm yeah. thinking if you look at, you know, in your family, Trev's, to what extent do you come to the point where you'd say, yeah, I'm a child of the family, but again, <laughs> I don't like how the couches are sitting. Let me just change the couches according to my own way. Or I don't like the fact that we're all home. We have to be home at 10 p.m. I want to come, at, you know, to my home at whatever time that I want to come. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that each and every house is run with or governed with differences of norms. You get what I'm saying? And sadly, it seems as though there's no sort of level of acceptance towards certain norms that comes from church. Where else, if you sit and you look at certain movements such as the LGBT and whatnot, they also have their own sets of norms. A hetero person cannot just come from nowhere and claim to be an ally. The organization will tell you, we have to declare you an ally and we have to do that while having observed certain levels of, you know, attitude where we can say we're pleased with the fact that with the way you've been carrying yourself. Therefore, we are proud to can call you an ally or to be proud to call you an ally or whatever the case. But why is it that those kind of sets of norms from the minority groups seems to be exempt from critique? And I know that this now becomes sort of a bit of an unfair question in the sense that I'm juxtaposing something which has been in existence and in considered and been given so much power for over centuries with something that it's trying to sort of get into its feet now. Into its feet now. But I guess the point that I'm trying to yeah. ask is, why is it that 
and 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 at the same time i agree that i i don't like certain hey i think the difference is that um for whatever uh reason they generally would at least be able to say this is the reason as opposed to somebody who come and say um because i i think the unsatisfactory answer that comes from um religion is more so that god said so and is and it's so you know and it's like wow okay uh but if yeah, isn't isn't it. someone creating isn't isn't someone depicting themselves as a form of god when they say i cannot create an ally of whatever movement because i said so aren't they aren't they presenting themselves as a form of authority are we saying the people who say maybe heterosexuals cannot join lgbtq i consider well i don't know but they i i hear what you're saying but i don't think there's the harm that can possibly be done by the lgbtq community compared to and i don't think people can also be told by whoever is leading the lgbtq community to um the the this context of belief it doesn't extend to the extent of what uh, i believe uh this uh christian demigods can 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 tell people to do it's, it's quite strange the amount of things people are willing to do i don't think i don't know if people within the lgbtq community i uh um leave by whatever the the leader of that group tells them in terms of how they eat how they live how they communicate with their relationships with the environment with other people and with themselves i, I don't think it goes that deep but i'm concerned with religion because it's it, i mean if we can expect if we can expect that from a a, a small group like that are, are we are we are we saying i want to say it it really excuses some something as as big of an entity as as christianity uh in terms of how people allow that to kind of dictate to their lives how they uh live well they're not only christian i mean let's just talk about religion i mean other religions people blow themselves up because they believe so much in the uh in, in that in the in that uh doctrine um, and 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 that is that should scare everybody uh who is sharing the same world with people that think like that here's my position because all i did is sound like i was just bringing a rebuttal but my rebuttal wasn't sort of positioning myself in case people are wondering where was i going with you know the line of thought that I was actually um delivering in juxtaposing homosexuality and heterosexuality and how the church responds to them for me this is what i'm saying all i'm saying is i'd be pleased if church was showing if ever i allowed to if church was showing a great level of disgust in the same way um for heterosexual people who fall short of the glory of the lord in the same way that they do particularly to homosexual people um but ideally i would have preferred that both of them be welcomed with love received with love because i think i think from the way which i understand christianity in itself is for us to sort of be the reflection of jesus love um than being people who actually overtake Jesus love with our own opinions and our own 
personal convictions than Holy Spirit convictions because I feel like people who are Holy Spirit convicted, they should um, embrace more love and leave all the judgments to Jesus, <laughs> you know, than them taking over the judgments yeah. themselves. Um, I'd rather have a situation like that, but if you're going to hate on the homosexual community or on the black radical feminist people and you call them an angry, of, you know, a bunch of angry people, Therefore, at least let, let there not be that kind of segregation where it seems as though, like as you said earlier on, certain people are exempt from critique whenever they fall short of the glory, but other people are crushed, not just punished, but terribly crushed. Um, I yeah. feel like that's not really a reflection of Jesus. And I mean, I, I say this a lot of time to you know, many of my friends and at some point I had one mate in South Africa who said to me, he's questioning my level of Christianity because I tend to hold a whole lot of different views to the most popular narratives within Christianity. And he asked me, how, yeah. what's, my, what's my version of Jesus and how's my understanding yeah. of Jesus? And I said, I'm, 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 I'm afraid that a lot of churches today claim to have Jesus, but the Jesus that I read about in the Bible, unless if I'm reading my Bible upside down, I feel like the Jesus that is in the churches is a Jesus that is not in the Bible. And I'm also fear, afraid that if Jesus is to come back in flesh today, he may have to learn a lot of things from the churches because churches really evolved to be something else than perhaps what Jesus said intended it to be, to spread his love, to be a voice of the powerless, for the powerless, to help the poor and the needy, but to extend love to the deepest and the furthest distances ever, you know? Yeah. No, no, I, 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 I feel you. And I kind of empathize with um, what you feel, like the, the, uh, having this challenge to, to match um, uh, the, the Jesus of the Bible and, and how some other people act in the world. But um, to a certain extent, yet I do understand um, because, I mean, just let's just hold uh, dissonant um, views here. Like, um, he, is, he is a love and uh, a God and, 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 and kind, caring, compassionate, but also sometimes just and, and kind of jealous and, and all of these other things that are, are generally not looked not that we cannot necessarily i don't know if you you can justify them as good but um i think if if somebody can say something like if you don't agree with me i'm gonna ban you into no fire um and then you find people who that act like that with people that don't uh, agree with them at what point do you say that's not a reflection of the god that you believe in if he says that I mean, the, the, the God that we <laughs> read about in the Bible, considering the story of Jesus and Nicodemus, Nicodemus asked a question, you know, what do I have to do to be born again? And perhaps also it's the nature of the question, because I think to ask a question, what should I do to be born again, might sound like a very simple question of someone who wants to be saved, inverted commas, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to somebody who wanna come and say, are you really a child of God? Consider that the two men by the cross, the thieves, where one says, if you are the really child of God, why are we hanging here? You could have even saved yourself, right? 
if you look at those as sort of different attitudes and in between the people, the one who says, what should I do to be saved? It seems like the one who says, what should I do to be saved? is also received with love as opposed to the one who says, if you're a child of God, why are you hanging here? Because you could have even come down yourself. And then the narratives and going forward, you can see the interpretation is that the one who actually said, you have mercy on me, is the one who actually received the grace of saying, you'll be with me in my father's house or in paradise tonight. Um. And I mean, all those stories sort of paint a picture, but all along, I'd love to believe God to be a man who's not afraid of any form of question, you know? I'd love to believe in a man who's not, a, who's not you know, threatened or intimidated by any question. But also the thing is, how do you confront the question, Travis? Because going back to also the, the entire topic of deconstruction, the, the problem that I have with too many people today who are just deconstructing, you find that they're not deconstructing from a place of, you know, purity or from a place of clear conviction, but it's people who are just putting their anger in front there, you know, and, and, and I mean, we express our anger in different ways. We express our traumas in different ways, but it often becomes very hard to sort of engage with somebody who's persistent in trauma or persistent in pain um, than sort of opening up to say, I might be angry and whatnot, but what, what's, what's the mechanism of a healthy conversation where I can even hear things from a more objective level than hearing things from a subjective level in a form that yeah. even if your response is very clear, people might not even take offense over it and whatnot. So, so for me, I think, I think that's the mark that we're missing. You know, where if people come and ask us questions, like I said earlier on, it's either one, if you don't have responses to them, we try to be unscienced and we create our own doctrines in the head and then we leave people sort of hanging and in confusion. Or two, whenever people ask hard questions, therefore we try to criticize them. I've been in that place before myself too, where I've raised questions and sort of form of mild critiques to certain views. And in the end, I was told that the problem is that you want to bring your whole academic things into this space. That's not how the space works. And for me, I felt like even my form or my line of questioning wasn't sort of, you know, that trying to be some kind of an Einstein or whatnot, but I was trying to point out to certain guests to say something's going to be deep. So just to give you a bit of an example, here's guests, yeah. they come into a certain church and they're giving a talk about how to do away with dysfunctional families. And then one of the girls in the church gets up and say, I'm at the level where it's difficult for me to think about a non-dysfunctional family because I'm at a place where I want to have deep conversations with my mom about womanhood and whatnot. And the response to this girl is that be the change that you want to see. I think that's Gandhi, if I'm not mistaken, Mahatma Gandhi. Be the ch and I said to them, it doesn't make sense that somebody says, I want to have a conversation with mom and you say, be the change that you want to see. This person, what kind of change does this person know? Let's start from there. Because this person is trying to appeal to you to say, help me, you know? And then... <laughs> Second point, a young boy stands up and says, as a church, you say to me, I should respect my parents, but then comes a point where my parents say, do not go to church. And then you say to me, I should disrespect my parents. Where do we draw the line as a church in terms of our teachings? You know? And, and the question also is sort of like downplayed. I can't really recall what the response was. And then I had to sort of make a rebuttal to the guys who were 
responding to the question, I said, you're not replying to these young people's questions because I feel like these are very much valid questions and I may not have the responses to themselves, but how do you say to somebody who's saying, I do not know how change looks like and you say, be the change you want to see? How does the person even begin to be that kind of change? And then the response was like, you, 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 the problem is you want to bring your whole academic school of thought and whatnot into this kind of space. That's not how things work. And I was like, amen. Amen to the church. Amen to the Lord. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the, the, those are some of the things that are, I think are not useful. Um, and I know I've, I've been communicating a, a lot of questions that are, are difficult and most probably not, not none of not us and none of the people at least existing in our timeline are going to be able to to answer but it's um in terms of also what you kind of uh, when you're speaking to the heart of the questioning um i think that's part of the 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 problem is that um, uh, when it comes to religion uh just it's just set up in such a way that uh questioning is, is not encouraged and and it can be crushed uh, uh, as long as you're within the same community um, by whoever is the leader uh, because he's got these kind of demagogic powers to influence everybody else, including influencing everybody else to be against you. And, and that's kind of a punishment that is, um, uh, is, is unbearable. And it, it doesn't only act as pacifying you, the person who asked the question, but it also acts as a, a sign to others that you shouldn't ask those questions. So um, it, it's kind of a, a, a very uh, unhealthy environment of, uh, that, that the, the religion creates. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, uh, as long as people choose to be part of it, there's a benefit to it. Um, I do want to speak about things that are actually, um, are actually good, which is um, things that have to do with the fact that um, there are the, 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 there are stories within the uh, the text that uh, I, I think in a in a in a person who um, uses the the word who knows the word very well, it can be uh, skillfully applied to to help other people and uh, from a principles based level. I think um, like in terms of application for people to to go out and and, and maybe find value in, in some of in the, in the words of the text um, when, when, when used well. Of course, the, it's like an instrument, I think. Uh, the problem is when it gets into the hands of the wrong person, then they can do all kinds of evil stuff with it. But I do think there are people who can take the word and use it um, in a way that makes people flourish. And that's the part where I'm not quite sure if we do have a kind of a central text, which going forward, if the churches do not make it maybe in the next century, uh, what else do we, are we going to have as that one thing that is central, which um, has that type of um, um, kind of set institutionalized way of connecting us to one another and, and kind of dispensing wisdom, which could be useful at any, uh, at any point of life uh, and obviously with the struggle, struggles that people face. I think part of, we've touched it before, part of uh, the reason that you say, um, when I first told you that I, I, I no longer believe was that you were, you, you are afraid of, of not, um, because, and, and fear is, is a real thing, right? Uh, mm. I, I don't think we, we can downplay that. Like, um, 
people are afraid of, of, of not believing and, and, and it's important um, uh, that we acknowledge that it's, it's not easy not believing and there is utility to, to having a, a, a structure which helps you um, balance your, your worldview um, and you don't want to destroy that kind of um, worldview that you have built because it holds you together and if you're going to destroy it, you should have at least something that you can immediately replace it with. And I don't think we have that type of structure which we can um, substitute religion with or, or completely uh, destroy it and have something else uh, build up afresh. I don't think we have that. So that's the challenge that I think is the challenge of our time is to say if we, we, we're going to, is it that we reform the current um, uh, religion? or we create something totally new um, uh, through your deconstruction process. I don't know if, if there's enough people who are engaged in that process to actually get it to a place where it can be um, useful uh, for the next uh, uh, couple of uh, thousands of years that are coming um, and, and with the challenges that we're facing in the world. Because, I mean, we were talking about church, but we, we have serious challenges that we are facing currently in, in life, in the world. And, and how does that doctrine um, prepare people for the struggles that they face in the real world and the things that we need people to be getting ready for? I'm, I'm afraid, to a certain extent, things like climate change don't have a space in, the, in that worldview of of Christianity, for example, um, where it gives people a sense of agency. I think it actually does the opposite. It kind of pacifies people and, and people don't have a sense of agency and, and they're okay with it because I'm uh, nonetheless I'm going to heaven. Okay. You, but you're touching. Not. Um, yeah. So you're touching a very <laughs> hard one there in the end about climate change. I think we, we, we may need to have a different conversation about that. Um, and see if we can insert it even within the Christian faith or whatever the case. But I just want to re reply to you on a number of few things, and perhaps I would love us to also park it here so you'll, you'll come back for um, perhaps the last time in whatever minutes we're remaining with, and then you can wrap it up for me. A friend once posted this on uh, Instagram, and he said, uh, why do you think young people are leaving the church? Is it because of hurt? Or it's because it doesn't make sense? And people had to choose. I don't know how the poll turned out in the end. Um, and I mean, I was thinking about this uh, question as you were speaking also when you say you don't know whether people are engaging in a deconstruction kind of project or not. I think, I think the deconstruction project Trevs has been around, but people are probably not aware that they're doing the deconstruction project. Because remember, as I said, it's more about, in, in, in the context that I, I was using, it is more about taking the media and leaving the bones, but finding also ways in which you can replace the bones. What do we replace the bones with? For some people, it could be certain um, doctrines. For some people, it could be a complete nothingness. But again, I don't wish for us to see nothingness as a powerless thing, because nothingness is actually a powerful thing. Consider if someone doesn't help you in the context where you need help. It's a loss, so to say. But uh, when I say church has been, even church itself has been involved in the construction process, I needed to think about even the inception from where we begin to learn about Christianity in itself. 
um, even from the times of Constantine himself and going back towards the Council of Nicaea. Because even the Council of Nicaea, the whole formation of now the New Testament in itself is a form of deconstructing certain things from the Old Testament and sort of reconstructing certain things in the New Testament. So perhaps the insertion of new things is, a, is the reconstruction than just having a deconstruction and leave it there. We need to um, deconstruct and reconstruct at some point. And from the Council of Nicaea, you see this like a number of reformations coming in and you look at the Christian faith in itself as different denominations, you know. You find the times of Martin Luther, you know, the Protestants comes in with their own reformation. Certain things do not make sense anymore. We need to change things to a different direction because the church now, when Luther comes, the church is contaminated with a whole lot of corruption and a capitalist structure, which is exactly even the same things that are happening today. And perhaps that is why we cannot even address issues of climate change. It's because of how embedded we are within the capitalist structure and also within the capitalist structure, there's also its own battles as to how do we tackle, you know, climate change? Do we go back to nuclear or do we go back to, you know, use of solar energy or whatever form alternative and whatnot? And also within those kind of debates, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a contest of power. It's a contest, it's a contest of, you know, capital in itself and because church now sort of tend to lose its direction and gets embedded within and it gets you know drowned within the world politics the, the, the capitalist and economic politics therefore everything just becomes a bit murky we don't know where the direction is where we go in as a church but i mean coming from luther himself and you see we've got like later on we've got the jehovah's we've got the seventh day we've got the pentecostals and even within the pentecostals themselves there's still debates about you know, the Pentecostals who speaks in tongues as evidence and there's other Pentecostals who are Pentecostals, but you hardly hear them speaking in tongues and the whole debate about who's more Pentecostal than the other, which one of the things that even destroys us as the church is our internal debates about who's more powerful than the other, who's more spiritual than the other. And that now becomes and be a confusion in, 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 ex, you know, in, in extension to the other confusion that we've been talking about all along about how we continuously miss the mark. But I think churches have been involved in a deconstructive work until to this particular point, Trev's where right now, you know, we come from the point where the Pentecostals, earlier Pentecostals that we knew were now just using the organ and the organ became like the most famous thing. And then from the organ, then there was like this whole transformation towards now churches begin to bring different kind of pieces of you know, pieces to be used by the band. And then all of a sudden, it's no longer singing just songs and clapping hands. Now we've got projectors and whatnot. And now we're even at the stage where certain churches would even play secular music within the church. I think all this has been the project of deconstruction. But again, going back to the question of my friend who says, why are young people leaving the church? Is it out of hurt or is it out of or it doesn't make sense. I think that's more of a broader question, which I may, I, may, I may not even attempt to reply to it now. But the point that I'm trying to make is the fact that it doesn't matter how much deconstruction of work we do, people are continuously going to be hurt because even in the space where a church would play secular music, there's still other people who are offended by that and they want to leave because this is not a reflection of the Jesus or the God that was taught to them from an earlier age. You get what I'm saying? So perhaps shouldn't we think about how church is a space of, you know, substitution. We always wait for the next best thing and then we go with a trend. And when we're tired with it, we wait for the next thing and we move along again and we get tired with it. But in the end, 
where is Jesus in this? Isn't Jesus washed down within not just our theology, but also within our interpretation? Part of the things that really makes me a little bit sick about the faith is the new translations that we read, and people would praise the different versions of the Bibles and say, this is the best version because it's designed for this particular generation. It uses the language of today, but I'm like, the more recent versions I read, the more angrier they sound. But do I want to read the Bible and feel like God is more angry than God being the God of love? So it's more of a complex thing, you know? So I feel like yeah. though, but churches have been, even themselves been involved in the sad thing is that I feel like it's a selfish thing for churches to be in a deconstructive phrase, but do not allow individuals to be in a deconstructive faith, but want people to sort of be drowned and embedded within a certain form of typical level of thinking that looks cultish. And we've never touched an aspect of cultishness because that's one other thing that churches or the church ends up being categorized today to say if people cannot question the teachings, if people cannot deviate from the teachings without being hit on their head with a hammer, therefore they are in destructive cults where even the leaders can unduly benefit from the congregants. So it's a big thing for me. But nonetheless, in my conclusion, I'd say deconstruction is necessary, but we need to be careful about who's just who's deconstructing. And also people should be aware of their spaces of um, deconstructing, whether you're deconstructing from hurt or deconstructing from disappointment. And as you're doing this, are you doing it by yourself or you're engaging with people? And the people you're engaging with, is it people who are within the faith or is it people who are outside? Because the problem is that people who deconstruct mostly, they want to deconstruct by having conversations with their other friends who are hurting. Therefore, the conversations do not become more constructive. They become just more of hurting people, hurting each other, and the hurt gets imposed and shoved down to other people again. So if people want to deconstruct, be careful of your surrounding. And sometimes part of the deconstruction comes with the fact that perhaps from my earlier critique that I posed to you, it didn't come as a critique though, but I think it should be understood as that to say, you're deconstructing something of faith because you never understand what exactly is the conceptualization of faith. Um, you're deconstructing because you confronted the faith with a philosophical head where else you needed to take off the philosophical head. And which is why when you go to deconstruction, then you find that people want to have conversation with academics, not people who are even fully versed with the faith. And which is why you find that even people tomorrow end up even biting each other in terms of different, different denominations than just saying, personally, I may not go to that faith, but for the fact that there's people there and it's a million people, it means it works for them. And if it works for them, it's good. If it doesn't work for certain people, I pray that they find their own direction than just, you know, pushing the idea that everybody's in a cult, everybody's in a cult, because exactly what is a cult? Isn't your family a cult? Doesn't your family have a certain element of your cult at some point? But I wish that sometimes people need to also think about the fact that some of their hurts are not a hurt that should be given to the church to fix certain hurts requires you to go and speak to a psychologist. And again, this is me kind of deconstructing some of the faith, some of the teachings from church that says to people, you cannot use medical doctors, come to God alone. And I feel like God allowed medical doctors to be there. Go use them if it works for you. Same as even traditional healers to a certain extent, if it works for you. That's the view that I know that I'll stand on the opposite direction with so many people. 
but as you deconstruct, because so in your wrapping up, Travis, the last question that I'll basically ask you is that in your deconstruction and in all whatever deconversion point, how's your yeah. pain now? If you visit your pain, are you getting better? And how, how do you know you're getting better? And, and the problem is that also some people, they get into deconstruction because they want to feed um, necessarily sin, inverted commas. It's a, deconstruction also comes with, I want to feed my sin without f- feeling judged. But where's the level of accountability in all that? I said a mouthful. Yeah. You can, you can <laughs> respond you and get close. <laughs> Wow, um, you asked a very, very important question, um, which, which I think will be very important in closing. So, uh, I don't, I think my pain has found a way to, to exist without, without being, without being mystified. I think Previously, I had to I had to make up stories, and I mean, again, um, I know that um, once we decide to believe something, we start to construct reasons to believe. This is this is a well-known fact, um, and um, and what I'm happy about now is that I don't have to do that. Like I don't have to believe that God had a plan, and that's my pain and my hurt make sense <laughs> um, because. There's a great plan that is happening. Uh, I know that I, I got hurt because we are in a world which is um, not very caring of my head or my pain. It's a world that just follows its own rules. I love physics. It's like incredible when you see how beautiful the universe that we find ourselves in, but also how vicious it is. Um, and, and, and it's fine for me to, to, to see it that way and not want to point to uh, a, a deity which justifies how beautiful nature is or how vicious nature is. Mm-hmm. I, I can see it for what it is. And same with my pain. I have had pain. But what world would I have lived in where I wouldn't have? Uh, I felt pain. But there was a world where I wanted to try and make meaning and seek and, and make meaning which is um, made up because of this is a mysterious entity that uh, made me feel this pain. And uh, uh, but I love him nonetheless. <laughs> it's very weird. I, I, so I, I think I find I found a place where I can say uh, I have been hurt. I've been in, in pain, and that pain was part of the beauty of the world. Because when I study the world, it, these things have happened to other people, whether they believed or didn't believe, uh, whether they made up stories or didn't. So uh, from my cognition uh, studies, I know that people generally, once they believe something, they kind of uh, map out all the other reasons why that thing happened. It's like, wow, okay, that's not good. Um, so um, that's, that's my answer to how am I dealing with pain now? I'm, I'm dealing with pain because it's just, it's beautiful. It's part of life. Uh, I accept it as um, an experience that has to be felt with, by one uh, uh, being alive. Uh, it's not something that needs to, to, to make sense or that needs me to create an entity um, that is outside of me so that I can have meaning to it, no. Um, so that's that. And um, for now, my, my goal is purely to, um, to, 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 just, to just be curious and, and, and engage my, my curiosity, um, um, be creative and be a critical thinker as much as does I it, can. Does it involve saying? With humble, 
uh, it, it does involve what? Sending <laughs> with inverted commas. Sending. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, if, if uh, I, I will have to, it, 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 it essentially does because I don't uh, abide to um, the, the, the Christian doctrine. So <laughs> me by purely not being, being in, in, um, uh, not believing in, in God, for example, or believing that he exists, um, that's sinning. Uh, but not, none of that, like that, anything that follows from that is really not relevant because I don't even believe in sin. Because I know <laughs> that absence, the entity that makes the world, uh, that divides the world into good and bad and, and uh, sinners and saints, then uh, they, they, all of that concept doesn't exist. I mean, um, I believe in a lot of things. I've studied a lot of religions. So, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm going to a lot of hells. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's that for that. I'm, I'm, I, you can call me a sinner. You can call me whatever. I'm just a, a, a human with a, 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 a great curiosity um, for life and, uh, and intellectual humility to um, accept that I am wrong sometimes and I'm usually wrong and uh, I will continue to learn. But... Um, there's nothing in me that says um, I know something for sure. Um, if anything, I'm just continuously learning. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for coming to the Visions and Tones and thank you for your time. Thank you for pouring out your heart. Um, I do not judge you, but I pray that we all reach to the other side safe, all of us. Um, I love you and I appreciate your work and what you do on the other side and hope to meet you sometime soon again. Thanks, Thomas. Take care. Thanks to you listeners of the Visions and Tones podcast. And wow, um, I've never engaged in a conversation such as this um, in a while, especially on this, well, outside the platform, yeah, but to bring it onto this platform. But I hope that all we've been talking about, you don't just take what Trevs and I were saying as the God word or whatever. Um, create your own space, deconstruct in your own ways, uh, but have conversation with right people, not people who are hurting, same as you, who could help you to actually lose more direction than helping you find the light or finding direction for yourself. Um, want to thank you for choosing the Visions and Tones podcast and wish you all the best in the future. Have a good one. Thank you.